0: Welcome to the Hair of the Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Begley, and today I am sharing with you 10 timeless photography business lessons. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Hair of the Dog Podcast. If you're a pet photographer ready to make more money and start living a life by your design, you've come to the right place. And now, your host, pet photographer, travel addict, chocolate martini connoisseur, Nicole Begley. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hair of the Dog podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Bagley, And I started my business back in 2010. So it is kind of crazy (laughs) that we're coming up on 13 years ago that I made the shift to become a photographer at the time, family and pet photography. And then in about 2015 is when I went all in on pets only. And I was writing some things down, trying to figure out, all right, what is best to share with you guys right now? And I wanted to share 10 timeless photography business lessons with you. But before we get into those, I wanted to give you a little bit of an update of what is going on behind the scenes here at Hair of the Dog HQ. I am jumping out of my skin. So excited with the changes that are coming down the pike um, really in the next two months. Uh, By March 1st, we are going to have the brand new Hair of the Dog Academy unveiled for the world to see you guys, it is going to be incredible. We are completely revamping all of our business content and we're adding on a whole new six pillars of craft section of the Academy. So the main content in the hair of the dog Academy will have six pillars of craft and six pillars of business. And then of course we'll still have a lot of supporting content, um, like Kim Hartz's pet photography, edu. Uh, For the craft. And then we'll also have like our Dipsado 101, our Squarespace 101, our Wix 101, like all of those types of supporting business courses as well on the business side. So the content's getting a revamp. And then the other thing that's getting a revamp is we are rolling out all sorts of new support calls for our Academy members from monthly guest uh, speakers regarding something on business. To bringing back the guest artists, we're bringing back laser coaching. We are uh, introducing the 50K Club. So, this is a special bonus monthly call for those that have sold $50,000 or in layered local currency of pet photography services, kind of like a mastermind, if you will, of sharing the best ideas of what's working now. I'm so excited for that. Uh, We're also starting a photography fundamentals call for those of you that might be earlier in your journey. Um, as you're working your way up to that 50K club. So there are just so many exciting things going on in the Academy. And um, if you want to join us, jump on over to www.hairofthedogacademy.com slash Academy, and you can come in and join us now. The price will be going up uh, once all of this new stuff is rolled out. And so... If you want to get in now at that $49 a month that you're locked in, grandfathered in for as long as you're a current member at that lower price, you'll get all the updates as they come out. And um, I'm telling you, it is going to be so awesome. Some of the guest uh, instructors that we have coming up, we have uh, Tavia Redburn, who you guys heard on the podcast last week. She is doing a special call next week. Um on the twenty sixth in the Academy on using AI to create our content marketing, we can use this to create the content for so many pieces of our business. Now, it's not hundred percent, but that AI gets you ninety percent of the way there, and then it's really easy to tweak it. Add your own voice and just create things so much more effectively and efficiently than at least I could <laughs> prior to that, because staring at a blank page on my computer was. Always challenging and uh, always took me a little bit to get started. And I really like to procrastinate around that. And then in February, we have Angela Schneider coming in to um, get us all up to speed on some website SEO best practices so that you can get found by potential clients on Google. So that's the exciting stuff coming up inside the Academy. I am so excited. 2023 is going to be an incredible year. I can't wait to help so many more, I'm pet for so many more of you, you know, to get that first four figure sale, to hit your highest revenue of the year yet, to get your business started, to move over to in-person sales, to start selling what you want to be selling, or to master creating images that you have in your mind that you really want to capture that you quite haven't been able to do just yet. So no matter where you are in your journey, I'm so excited to help you. So anyway, enough about that you're here to hear about the 10 timeless photography business lessons. And I think we should just go ahead and dive in. What do you think? All right, let's do it. Okay, so number one is more money equals better clients. All right, Nicole, what do you mean by that? I mean, the more that you're charging equals better quality clients. Because here's the thing, when you raise your prices, to a more boutique level, then you have clients that are coming to work with you that they're hiring you as an artist. They're trusting in you uh, because they see you as the professional because you're charging professional prices. And they will look to you for advice. They will allow you to kind of drive the session to uh, recommend where the best locations are. They'll be more willing to you know to to do whatever needs to happen to create the images that you want to create for them let me tell you a little bit of an example uh back when i first started my prices were a little bit low <laughs> for the first year uh first 6 months really until i went to imaging and figured out like uh oh, oh <laughs> wait a wait a minute um okay so anyway i was charging not a lot and those were the clients that often would be like okay i want to You know, have all these things. Here's a Pinterest board of like 37 different styles, and I want all of these things for my session instead of seeing your work and your style and just saying, oh my gosh, yeah, no, I I love what you're creating. You know, and it's okay if I do still ask my current clients if there's any particular images of mine that resonate with them, um, you know, that they would really love to see in their gallery because I've created so much variety over the years. Maybe they like really would love that image of the dog sitting by their feet, looking up at the camera, and they're like, man, I just, I just love that image. Okay, good to know. I'm going to certainly make sure that I create that image in your gallery for you. So asking that kind of feedback for what kind of images they want you to create, I feel like that's really, really great. But and I kind of just already went on a tangent here. Oh, man, this might take me a while to get through all 10. <laughs> Bear with me. But anyway, uh, the moral of number one really is when you start to raise your prices, you're attracting a higher quality client that is trusting in you so that you can then you know, make recommendations and they're not going to come to you with you know, 37 Pinterest ideas that don't really fit what you usually do. The other thing is once my prices were higher, I never got the question of why is this so expensive, which is ironic, right? When I was first starting out, I would do sometimes some like photography for an event, like a dog walk or some, you know, local activity. And I would take photos and I would put up a gallery. And at the time, I think my digital or my prints were $75. And I would make the prints for that gallery $25. That's the only time that I would ever get so many people asking me, why are these so expensive? I can't believe these are so expensive. And like get pushback and frustration on those prices because they didn't see the value. They didn't go through my whole experience. It was just, you know, me trying to offer what I thought was the right price for that type of event. But often it kind of backfires on us. So, moral of the story lesson number one if you want to just work and feel more valued, (laughs) make sure you're valuing yourself. And then you're going to attract those clients that are purchasing uh, this experience because they trust in your vision, they trust in your artwork, and they are going to um, just be great clients to work with. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is selling is service. I can't tell you how many pet photographers I work with that are so nervous to do what I'm calling live sales. So whether that's in person or on Zoom. What it is, is getting together with your client in some manner, showing them their images and you helping them go through to um, choose how they want to display their images. So a live sales session. So many people are so scared. And I get it. I get it. I was scared too. Uh, You know, because it feels really vulnerable, right? That we're going to get together. It's the first time the client's seeing them, especially if you're earlier on your journey, you're like, Oh, I don't know. My work's not quite where I want it to be yet. Oh, they're going to think it's terrible. All right, listen, stop. Here's the thing. Your client's going to love the artwork. They're going to love the images that you've created because they hired you. So unless you are showing work that wasn't yours to get that client to hire you, they know what to expect with the work that you're creating for them. Now, that's not to say sometimes you're gonna have a session that you're like, man, that really just wasn't my best work. And I get it, I get it, that still happens to me. But it's still very similar caliber to what you have been showing to your client when they hired you. So they are still gonna love it. And if for some reason there's something they're not happy with, which I think honestly has only happened once in my 13 years of business, so it's not something that's happening all the time, then you can always offer a reshoot. You can often make it right. So don't worry about that. The, the selling as a service, just being there with them to go through those images is such a great way to help them enjoy the experience more. Because here's another thing. Our clients are really busy. And if you're just going to send them a gallery and then they have to sit down and go through all of these images and figure out what images they like, but then maybe they like this one, but they like that one too, but how can you pull them up together? And they don't know. And then they're just gonna push that decision off because that decision's hard. And that decision's really hard to make on their own. And then when they finally do get around to making that decision, they're probably just gonna order a couple of small little prints because that's all they know. Like even if you talked about this beautiful artwork, even if you're putting these galleries of pictures of that artwork in your gallery for them to see like on their wall at the certain size, they're still maybe going to have that subconscious fear or conscious fear of, yeah, I don't know. That seems really big. Like eight by 10, 11 by 14 was like the really big one. Like here she's talking about a 24 by 36. That's just, that's bigger than anything I've ever bought photography related, which separate lesson. But when you talk about what you're putting on the walls. Like you can compare it to artwork. You're talking about, all right, a typical art piece. If you were going to you know, purchase an art piece for your wall, this is the sizes that would look good. And yeah, you can do that with art from an art store, or we can do that with images of your dog that you love. So anyway, that's a side note. So lesson number two, selling is service. I can't tell you how many of my clients after the sales session said, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you so much because it was so helpful for them. So if you're not assisting them in some way through that decision-making part of their experience, I feel like it's kind of like hanging them out to dry on one of the hardest pieces and is very unservice service service. <laughs> um, so yeah, so try to change your main mindset there that selling a service, you're not going in to sell them anything they don't need. You're literally just getting together with them to help them make the best decisions for them. And if you can change your mindset and that, okay, they're going to appreciate this and I'm just here to serve, then that takes away any of that yucky, like I'm here to sell, you know, it is service. You are just here to serve and listen and suggest. And then that kind of takes down that stress from that. And I promise you that your clients are going to love it. All right. Number three, if you want to sell big pieces of artwork, you need to show big pieces of artwork. Back when I started uh, my business, I've always done, well, after those first like six months of doing the shoot and burn thing, I then moved to in-person sales after I went to my first Imaging USA conference and realized that's a thing. (laughs) So I was always doing in-person sales. Back when I started, I would go to my client's home and I would schlep all my stuff. And I was taking like a 12 by 12, an 11 by 14. I don't even think I had a 16 by 20. I think, yeah, actually framed 11 by 14s were the biggest size that I was taking with me to those sales sessions. Guess what people bought? (laughs) 11 by 14s. (laughs) So after a year, then I started adding like a 16 by 20, a 16 by 24. Oh, guess what people started buying? Oh, the 16 by 24. And then I started schlepping the 20 by 30. Oh, people started buying the 20 by 30. And then when they started to come to my sales room, when I created like a home studio in my basement with a little sales room, uh, about five years in, then I started showing the 30 by 40. Oh, now people are buying the 20 by 30 more regularly. And now in my sales room, I have a 40 by 60 on the wall. And people generally are buying 24 by 36 is probably my average size that most people buy something around that size as their main anchor piece you know, and sometimes a 30 by 40, because it's all about anchoring and showing them like, hey, this is normal. This is what people do. And being able to see those bigger sizes makes that size seem a lot less scary because they're seeing it in person. They're seeing that it's not crazy large. So um, yeah, in my sales room that they see, I have a 24 by 36 vertical piece, and then that 40 by 60 um, is just the only piece on my one big wall. It's a 40 by 60 acrylic. And yeah, it, it, it also does, since it's in my home, it also lets people see that like, oh, I'm decorating my own home with that. Cause the 40 by 60 is a picture of my daughter and the horse she used to ride in Pittsburgh as a silhouette. And it's, it's just a beautiful piece of art. And then they see that and they want that for their home too. So no matter how you're doing your sales, your live sales, whether you're um, on Zoom or going to their home, the bigger sizes that you can show the best. So if you're schlepping stuff over, like how big can you carry? Can you manage a 20 by 30? Can you manage 24 by 36? If you need something to carry them in, there's companies like Rice Studio Supply or Tyndall. Um, The first one is Rice, like a bag of rice, R I C E studio supply. The second company is Tyndall T Y N D A L L, I believe. And they do photography packaging. So I have these like reusable woven bags with my logo on them that I take, um, that I would, you know, take all those samples when I was going to people's homes. Now I use them to deliver artwork. So when their artwork comes in, Um, it goes in one of those bags to get delivered to them. So yeah, just a little bit of, of help there to help you show bigger so you can sell bigger. All right, moving on to our workflow. Lesson number four is that simple workflow works. Don't feel like you need to create this like, crazy, automated, amazing workflow that has all of these things going on and you have to get the CRM and get it all set up and you have to have all of this in place before you start taking clients. No, not at all. Now, I am one that loves automation. I love tinkering that, with that stuff. I love testing out new systems. That's fun for me. You don't have to. The first probably four, maybe five years of my business, I had a checklist like PDF that I would print off staple to the front of a manila envelope and write the client's name on the tab and then put it on my wall. I had, you know, you go to the doctor's office and there's like a magazine rack on the wall. It has maybe like six containers holding it, like six vertical ones. So I would put it when the client contacted me and we were like getting everything finalized for the session. I would have it in that top rack. And then after everything was like they were paid, they signed their contract, boom, it would go to the second rack. And then when we like had our session right after we shot, it would move to the next one. When it was ready for scheduling the, the in-person sales, it would go to the next one. When we'd had our sales session and I had to edit, it would go to the last one. And then when it was time to deliver and do follow-up, it would go to that bottom one. So it worked really well for me. You could do the same thing on a Trello board. You can do the same thing with a spreadsheet. Like whatever works for you. I liked the in-person one and I really wasn't traveling much then because I had two little kids and you know, all my clients at that point were pretty much always in Pittsburgh. So it was really easy for me because I wasn't doing any work on the road. So yeah, so just figure out what is easy for you, What what works best for your workflow and don't feel like you need to keep up with the Joneses to like keep... Doing all this crazy workflow stuff, like just create a checklist and then go ahead and start going through it. And then you can start to add little pieces to it towards, like, oh, it would be easier if I did this. Oh, it would be easier if I automated this step. Yeah, great. Just do it a little, little bit at a time. And then you're always kind of evolving it to something that works best for you. But don't feel that you need to create this crazy monstrosity out of the gate. All right, number five. Great photos do not equal a full calendar. You guys. Now, I'm not saying incredible photography doesn't matter. It does. You know, we should always be striving to improve our craft, master our craft, create our own voice, our signature style. Like, that is important. However, there are a lot of photographers out there that have that, that are creating beautiful work, that have a very empty calendar. Because you have to still market, which is my rule number six, is marketing's a constant job. Like, I feel like so many people are always looking for that one marketing solution. What's the one thing I need to do to grow my business? There is no one thing. You guys, I hate to break it to you. But marketing is a culmination of all sorts of little things. You're doing this over here that brings in a couple clients. You're doing this over here that brings in a couple clients. And all of those things that you're doing start to create this motivation, not motivation, start to create this momentum. That's the M word. (laughs) Start to create this momentum in which, you know, you get more brand awareness. You get more awareness in your city. More people are talking about you. When somebody asks, oh, I need a photographer, then other people are recommending you. And then you do start getting some like really, truly referral organic traffic. But even at that point, Rarely does that become enough to not have to do any other types of marketing. So, always, always, always look for ways that you can market your business um, and ways that work for you. There's so many different ways that what works for me might not work for you. And what works in my market might not work in your market. So, you just have to test different things, try different things, get out of your comfort zone, talk to people, and just keep marketing, keep getting yourself out there, keep talking about your business. One of the, one of the things, which actually brings us to number eight or seven, sorry, seven, which is connections are key in this business. And I have a question for you. How many of you, when somebody asks you, Hey, what do you do? How many of you say, Oh, I'm a a photographer. Like, okay. So it was 8,000 other people. No, no, no! You're a pet photographer. Like when somebody asks you what you do for a living, do you tell them you're a pet photographer? Ask them they have a pet, and ask them if they've ever considered getting their pet photographed. You guys, so many of us don't do that. That's the easiest marketing that there is. The other thing, the other piece of that connection is connection with people in your in your market, Um, other business owners, other charities. Just getting out and actually talking to people and, and being a human and not being behind the computer. Uh, so anytime you can make that connection, that is a hundred percent going to come back to your business. Tenfold, no bones about it for sure. All right. Moving on. Number eight, that is email marketing. In my opinion, is not optional. You guys, you need to get an email list, please, please, please go out right now, pause this podcast, sign up for some sort of email marketing service. Um, Mailer Lite is a good one um, that is free up to a certain amount. MailChimp is a good one that is free up to a certain amount. MailChimp user experience can be a little bit confusing, in my opinion, and from what other people have uh, said to. I used to use it for a bit, but it is great. It does have a lot of bells and whistles, but you know, if you don't like the user experience of one, test out some of these others. Um, the one that I like for my business is Flowdesk. It is a paid version, but there's no limits on how many leads you can have on that, um, on that plan and how many emails you can send out. So that's really nice. If you wanted to check out Flowdesk and you wanted to use it, just go to com slash Flowdesk, F-L-O-D-E-S-K, and you'll save 50% on your first year. But it doesn't matter what type of email marketing you use. Get those emails, collect emails, do lead generation contests where you're doing contests to get emails because then those are the only connections you own. You don't own your connections on social media. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, any of those can be shut down like today, and you then can't reach the, that audience. And even if it's not shut down, they can change their algorithm at any point. I mean, I remember back in the day when Facebook was like literally all anyone needed to market their business. And it wasn't even paid on Facebook. It was like truly just like, oh, I had a session, I tagged my client, and then all of my clients' friends see the posts that I tagged them in because it was still showing like chronological order of events. Yeah, we all know that those days are long gone. (laughs) So having ways that we can reach out to potential clients and our past clients directly are just so very, very important. So definitely look into having ways to, to do some email marketing. Now in the academy, we do actually have a full email marketing workshop that helps you get set up with email marketing, helps you figure out what you should be sending to your clients. Um, because it's not just about like, oh, here's a special, here's a special. You don't want to be Kohl's. You don't want to be sending out an email like every other day with a discount. Um, because people are just going to start to tune that out. But if you can create an email marketing newsletter, it even can be monthly. it can even be quarterly, but truly, if you're doing this full-time, I would recommend at least monthly. Um, and it can be like a roundup of what's happening in your market, like a f- dog-fun things in your area, you know, make it a resource that people are excited to look at. And then, when you have offers, people are already opening your emails, they're excited for them, so it's easier to reach them. So get that email marketing going. All right. Moving on. Almost there. Number nine, that is that you will never be done building your business. Sorry. (laughs) It is something that you are going to be continually working on, continually tweaking, continually revamping, but that's the beauty of it. And it also goes hand in hand with number 10, that you're never going to feel totally ready. Never. You're never going to feel totally ready to get your art out there. You're never going to feel totally ready to start that business. You're never going to feel totally ready to start charging. You're never going to feel totally ready to raise your prices. Just do it anyway. Just do it. And then you get that confidence and then it becomes easier. And it kind of works hand in hand with that number nine of you're never done. Because once you start to do it, Even though you don't feel ready, you start to get more feedback and then it becomes easier to tweak these little things, to start to tweak that workflow, to start to raise your prices, to really create those incredible photos, to figure out what you want to share in your email marketing. The only way to start to get answers for that kind of stuff is to just do it. Yes, like looking over some content, joining the academy. Going through that, yeah, it's important. It's important to know, like, to have the baseline. But a lot of people get stuck in this learning treadmill and they don't actually take action. Learn what you need to learn, but then take the action, and that is going to cement what you learned at a whole new level. You're going to get such a deeper understanding, so much more insight. You're going to make progress so much faster just by doing it, just by doing it messy, just by doing it and like tweaking it as you go and changing it up and just just getting out there. So those are my 10 timeless photography business lessons for you. I'll go over them one more time. Number one, when you charge more, you attract better clients. Number two, selling is service. Number three, show big to sell big. Number four, simple workflow works. Don't make it too complicated. Number five, great photos do not equal a full calendar. Number six, marketing is a constant job. Number seven, connection is key. Number eight, email marketing is not optional. Number nine, you're never done. Number 10, you'll never feel totally ready. I hope this helped you. I hope this helps you to see that you're not alone (laughs) if you're feeling like you're not ready to do this. Because um, no matter where you are in your business, that keeps coming up. I actually had a friend ask me; um, she was starting a new uh, venture to her business uh, in the fall, and she was like, "Nicole, when does this feeling of like I can't do this go away?" I'm like, um, I don't know. I haven't found it yet. <laughs> so when you do, you let me know. She was like, "For real?" I'm like, "Yeah, regularly." regularly, I question even myself of like, Oh, I don't know, am I really cut out for this? Is this podcast really helpful? I mean, I don't know. I'm not a podcaster. I'm not this or that like that self doubt is present everyone. So just, if you want it to happen, do it anyway. That is my advice to you. Oh, all right. I hope that you guys have found these 10 timeless lessons helpful. If you have, I would love to know what was the most helpful. If you want to DM me at um, on Instagram at Nicole Bagley official, I would love to um, yeah know what you thought and know which one was the most impactful for you. And um, if you're an Academy member, know that we have so much exciting stuff coming down the pike for you in the next uh, six weeks or so. And if you're not an Academy member yet, Um, come jump in now while you can lock in the um, incredibly low $49 a month price and be part of all these changes as well. So anyway, www.hairofthedogacademy.com slash academy um, to enroll. And I will see all of you guys next week here on the podcast. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Hair of the Dog podcast. This was episode number 175. If you want to check out the show notes for access to any of the resources that we mentioned, simply go to www.hairofthedogacademy.com slash 175. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hair of the Dog Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please take a minute to leave a review. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our upcoming episodes. One last thing. If you are ready to dive into more resources, head over to our website, at www.hairofthedogacademy.com. Thanks for being a part of this pet photography community.